listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. A podcast for today's insurance agents. Informing. Educating. Empowering. Improving the way you do business in an industry that's anything but static. In today's updated episode, looking for a refresher on Medicare compliance before AEP? We've got you covered on the important CMS requirements, including updates you need to know about, as well as what is and isn't allowed. It's the do's and don'ts of Medicare compliance, written by me, Sarah J. Rupel. We talk a lot about contracting and certifying in this industry, but there's another C that's even more important to agents like you. Compliance. And it's not just something to consider during the busy season. Compliance should be a year-long goal for every agent. We'll teach you how to stay compliant through all of your client interactions from the point of first contact all the way through the enrollment process. Before we get into the do's and don'ts, though, it's important to note that the Medicare Communications and Marketing Guidelines, the MCMG as we call them, have undergone some changes. You can now find the Medicare Advantage and Part D communication requirements on the Federal Register site. The Federal Register site is straightforward, it's easy to navigate, so it's never been easier to brush up on the latest Medicare marketing guidelines and updates. Now, let's start at the beginning with Permission to Contact, or PTC for short. Every interaction with a potential client has a starting point. Due to a change reflected in the 2019 MCMG, and now in the Medicare Advantage and Part D communication requirements, agents are permitted to make unsolicited direct contact with potential enrollees via email. However, the email must have an opt-out option in order to remain compliant. Additionally, the content of any unsolicited email cannot intend to steer a recipient into choosing or retaining a plan. A compliant email would promote your services rather than any specific plans. Also important to note here, agents are still not allowed to approach potential enrollees in common areas or make unsolicited phone calls. To begin the conversation with potential enrollees, you'll need permission to contact. You can use lead providers to send out business reply cards or flyers, including an optional form to collect this permission. We've talked before about the importance of an online presence, but be forewarned, likes or shares on social media do not constitute PTC for sales purposes. Additionally, PTCs are not the same as Scope of Appointment, or SOA. The PTC comes first, hopefully followed by an appointment. At that time, you'll need to fill out the appropriate SOA form. Scope of Appointment means just what it says. It's a form outlining exactly what you'll be presenting to a client during a meeting. The SOA ensures that potential enrollees will not be pitched plans other than those they originally requested. As you may already know, in 2018, CMS removed the requirement for SOAs to be recorded 48 hours in advance, which means that same-day scopes are compliant in any and all cases. 
Every Medicare sales appointment requires a scope of appointment, whether the meeting occurs face-to-face or remotely. Per CMS, agents must keep SOA forms on file for at least 10 years, even if the appointment did not end in a sale. But what happens if your client requests Medicare information outside of that scope during your meeting? you must fill out a second scope covering the new information before continuing the meeting. And if they're interested in non-health-related products, you must schedule a future appointment to discuss them. So that's the PTC and SOA, which means it's time to talk about marketing rules. CMS regulates marketing and plan presentations, including when you're allowed to market and how you market. Agents must wait until October 1st to begin marketing the next year's plans to potential beneficiaries and cannot enroll members until October 15th. Just a quick reminder, AEP lasts from October 15th through December 7th. In the CMS, MA, and Part D communication requirements, CMS differentiates between materials that are considered non-marketing and marketing. The difference between the two is based on the content and the intent of the piece. Non-marketing pieces tend to be more general, providing non-specific information to prospective and current enrollees. Marketing pieces, however, are aimed to influence beneficiaries in either enrolling into a plan or retaining their existing plan. Marketing materials contain some plan-specific information, such as benefits, premiums, and comparisons to other plans. Marketing materials are subject to CMS review, whereas non-marketing materials are not. During presentations, you should never attempt to mislead your clients, willingly or unwillingly. Stay away from using absolutes and superlatives to describe plans and benefits. Your job is to present information, not to show favoritism between carriers or plans. Similarly, if a potential enrollee expresses interest in just one plan, you must inform them that other plans are also available to them. CMS puts a large focus on agent transparency. Similar to their rules on absolutes and superlatives, agents should never use the word free to describe $0 premiums. CMS also states that the term free should not be used, quote, in conjunction with any reduction in premiums, deductibles, or cost share, including Part B premium buy-down, low-income subsidy, or dual eligibility, end quote. While one component of your client's health care may come at low or no cost, costs could be incurred in other areas. For example, Zero-dollar premium MA plans typically have higher co-pays, while plans with higher premiums offer lower out-of-pocket cost. By calling a plan free, you're generalizing just one part of that plan's full package. When mentioning star ratings, you must include that the rating is out of five stars and clearly identify the star ratings contract year. You may not reference the star rating based on prior contract year data when the marketing materials are for the upcoming year. 
Agents must also let potential enrollees know when a plan has been assigned an LPI, or low-performing icon, by CMS. You may not showcase the overall star rating and fail to discuss that the plan has previously suffered from performance issues. Additionally, star ratings may not be published until CMS releases them on the Medicare Plan Finder. Now, let's talk a little bit about events and appointments and the CMS rules that apply to them. The types of presentations you host throughout the year typically fall under one of three categories, educational events, sales events, and individual appointments. Educational events are meant to inform Medicare beneficiaries about the parts of Medicare in general. When holding an educational event, you can distribute educational materials free of plan-specific information, educational healthcare materials, as well as your business card and contact info for beneficiaries to use to initiate contact. You can collect scopes of appointment and schedule future marketing appointments. As for the location, you can hold educational events in a public venue. What are you not allowed to do at educational events? CMS forbids the distribution of plan-specific materials or enrollment packets. You may not discuss any carrier-specific plans or benefits or distribute marketing plan materials. You can't, under any circumstance, hold an educational event in-home or in a one-on-one setting. And at your event, you may not require attendees to sign in. Sign-in sheets must be optional. What about the rules for sales events? Unlike educational events, sales events are designed to steer or attempt to steer potential enrollees toward a limited set of plans. Be sure to follow the specific carrier's filing and reporting procedures prior to the event, And that also means following the specific carrier's cancellation procedures should you need to cancel your sales event. During the sales event, make sure to use only carrier-approved materials, and remember that you can collect applications on the spot. You can also call attendees from a sales event if they gave permission for a follow-up call, but you must have documented permission to contact. What actions are not allowed during sales events? Sign-in sheets must be optional, just like with the educational events. CMS prohibits you from requiring attendees to sign in. The Medicare Advantage and Part D communication requirements forbid you from offering meals, making absolute statements, or using pressure to sign someone up at sales events. They also forbid you from cross-selling or promoting non-health-related products at sales events. Now, what about if you hold an educational event and a sales event back-to-back? Agents are permitted to schedule and hold a sales event immediately following an educational event. But there are rules that apply in this scenario as well. First, the attendees must be made aware of a change from the educational event to a marketing event and given the opportunity to leave prior to the sales event beginning. Additionally, 
agents are allowed to improvise their delivery of the presentation and content they'd like to cover before accepting an application at a sales appointment. Only your talking points need to be submitted to CMS by the carriers, allowing you the freedom to conduct a more interactive and authentic sales presentation. Individual appointments fall under the same category as sales events, and the same CMS regulations apply. And don't forget, whether you're meeting face-to-face or discussing plans one-on-one over the phone, you must have a scope of appointment. How does CMS enforce their rules and regulations? Well, one way is by using secret shoppers. Let me preface this by saying, though, that staying compliant should be a year-long objective for every agent. The annual enrollment period just happens to be the culmination of revised CMS Medicare Advantage and Part D communication requirements, new 2022 plans, and all kinds of potential enrollees, some of which could be secret shoppers. CMS secret shoppers measure quality of service and compliance with Medicare regulations as a way to gather specific information about products and services. These secret shoppers will be looking to make sure you are compliant from what you say to how you present it. And last but not least, if you've got a website, that must be compliant as well. Consumer-facing websites that promote a specific carrier or a group of carriers' Medicare Advantage or Part D products must be submitted to CMS for approval. This is typically accomplished through the carriers you're contracted with, and you should refer to the specific carrier's policy regarding website review. CMS has increasingly cracked down on websites in recent years, so it's important to be sure your website is properly evaluated. If you're looking for a simple way to market a website with your own contact information, Medicareful is a good place to start. It's a free CMS-accepted website exclusively developed by our team here at Ritter. It's got a quote engine, direct enroll buttons, and an electronic scope of appointment form. But that's not all. And if you haven't looked at it lately, Medicareful has grown and evolved over the years. It's now integrated with Ritter's platform CRM. That integration enables you to run prescription drug quotes from client records and new for the 2022 AEP, Fast Track and Network Provider Lookup. If you want to learn more about getting your own Medicareful site, we will have a link in our episode notes where you can do that, as well as a link to sign up. Highly recommend checking that out. Medicareful is a pretty cool program, and it's something that can really streamline your sales process. But back to compliance, the matter at hand. As a certified agent, you are responsible for following CMS guidelines. Compliance doesn't have to be difficult, but it does require research and due diligence on your part. When in doubt, you can refer to Ritter for guidance, and as always, refer to our notes for the links we mentioned in this episode. If you've been following our show for a while, you know we update this episode each year prior to AEP when the new requirements and regulations come out. 
And if you've just discovered our show, welcome. We've got a ton of great information in our archive of episodes, and we put out new episodes regularly. But if you liked this episode, if you like the show, let us know. One of the best ways you can do that is by following along with our podcast. It is completely free to do that, and it's easy to do. In the app that you're listening on right now, just tap that follow or subscribe button, and then you'll make your love of our Agent Survival Guide podcast official. You'll also get new episodes delivered straight to your listening queue, so you don't have to seek them out, and you don't have to worry about missing out. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that and for taking the time to listen to our show today. We would not be here without you. So thanks again, and we will see you next episode.